Hello, my name is Kiana W. Mitchell, and I am a singer, songwriter, podcaster, relationship coach, and rehabilitation counselor. I'm also a Christian who for years grew up in a church that taught me to fear God instead of love God. For years, I felt betrayed by God and felt like God didn't love me because I wasn't perfect and because I didn't do the right thing all of the time. For years, I felt like I was destined to go to hell because there was no way I could keep all of God's laws and there was no way I could win God's approval. It wasn't until I began to read and study the Bible on my own that I realized that, yes, there is nothing I can ever do to be perfect. I will never be able to win God's approval. But the great thing about it is that I didn't have to because God loves me the way I am and God is here to help me through any and everything that I go through. It wasn't until I realized that God was there for me and that what I had been taught about God my whole life was a lie that I began to understand who God really was. It wasn't until I began to lose my religion and focus on God that I understood who God was and his amazing love for me and how much he loved me. Each one of us have a story to tell about how we found God. Each one of us have taken a different journey and a different path to find God. So join me as we go on a journey through interviews and music to discover how people find God. Hello and welcome to another episode of Finding God. I am your host, Kiana W. Mitchell. On this week's episode, we have an amazing guest. Her name is Charlene Williams-Terry. And I met Charlene a few years ago. Our daughters were, are the same age. And when they were younger, they used to be like the best of friends. And we have kept in touch. And she's an amazing mother. She's a traveling nurse. And she has an awesome story to tell about how she found God. And I love her story because she found God at a time and place in her life where she felt God wasn't listening to her, where she even felt God didn't love her. But you have to listen to the interview to hear her amazing story. So without further ado, here is Charlene's interview on how she found God. Hello, Charlene. How are you doing? Good. How about you? I'm doing great. Well, thank you so much for being here with me today. I truly appreciate it. I just want to find out some questions about what led you to find God. With some easy questions, and as we progress, it won't get harder, but you'll probably just need to think a little bit more about the answers. So, there we go. So, the first thing I want to ask you is, um, pretty much, I know I know you from church and everything, and our girls are friends, but... I want you to tell me a little bit about your childhood and what that was like. Okay. Well, I grew up in a household with my grandma, my mom, my aunts, my uncles, and my cousins. Okay. <laughs> uh, my mom was a 16-year-old single mother. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, everything that comes along with that. So I was basically raised by my grandma. She raised us both. <laughs> It was a lot of strong women influences in my household. You know, I just saw women do it no matter what, you know. So did I, yeah. Yeah, so that, those are my examples. <laughs> no, it's funny you said that because that's kind of how it was in my house. It's like, I remember when I was 10, my dad left. So it was just my mom and my aunts. And they pretty much did all the raising. And, you know, like you said, a lot of strong women in your house, which is a good thing. So, you know, 
I totally understand that whole type of environment because I grew up in an environment similar to that as well. So what were some of the values and things that you were taught as a child? Were you taught any religion or did you go to church? I mean, what was that like? Yes, um, I was great, raised um, United Methodist. My grandma took us to church every Sunday. I was in all the programs. <laughs> I knew my script. Like, I learned the Lord's Prayer, the Psalms 23. I learned all of it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so that's hilarious because I grew up in a church yeah, also. And then me and my cousin and my sisters had a singing group. Oh, really? See, I didn't know about that. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. We were not good. <laughs> we made a joyful noise. Larry. My, grandma, my grandma and my dad's mom, they also sung together in a singing group. So I was raised on old school gospel mm-hmm. and those type of down home church singing. So that's we're, wherever they were, that's where we were. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. That's amazing, though, because like I went to church, I had all, I was in every program, like you said, and my sisters and I, we used to have a singing group, but they quit on me because I was like one of those people where I was serious. I was no, like, I practice for hours on weekends. They couldn't do anything. During the summer, it was practice from like eight to four and they quit. They're like, wow. Kiana. <laughs> like, uh-uh, Kiana, you were tripping. <laughs> <laughs> they told me that. They're like, listen, if you want to sing, how about you sing by yourself? They're just like, we're wasting our summers. And our weekends, they're like, this is crazy. They're like, just stop it. They quit on me. So I was left alone <laughs> to pursue my own little singing thing. Okay. Not bad, though. After what my mom was like, Kiana, you're, she's like, this is not normal. You should not practice for like 10 hours a day. She's like, wow. bathroom. I will hog it up because the sound was the best in there. And mm-hmm. she's like, get out. You cannot sing for the rest of the week. Just get out. <laughs> I think I took it to a whole new level. But anyway, enough about that. That was just crazy. So since you were raised with a lot of these values, because I know when you grow up in the church, we do have, you know, you are raised with values. There's a list of things you should do, you shouldn't do. And we're expected to follow them. And especially like if you're living in a household with parents, because they'll be like, as long as you're living under my roof, this is what happens. And so as you get older, I know for me, I would tend to do those things but then I really do my own thing because I didn't want to start any trouble and I saw how it worked out for my sister who was just blatant with her and was just like I'm not doing this and I saw what happened to her and I was like okay well so I get some money saved up and can move out on my own I was like let me look like I'm following the rules and then you know just do whatever I want to do so did you have any experiences like that did you ever do anything like that absolutely um like the first thought really that I had of like, you know, what does God mean to me mm-hmm. was right before I got baptized. Um, my family was basically, they were like, it's time for you to be baptized. You're 17. You're, mm-hmm. you're too old not to be baptized. So, so it, that made me think about what does, who is God? What is, you know, what am I, what is my connection to him? You know? And it seemed like from that moment on, I was on the radar. So, and, and, you know, to look back and see it, you know, I can see it now, like, that's when things changed for me. You know, I was that kid, you know, I really wanted to do well, good Mm -hmm. student, good girl, 
So, but it seemed like things that shifted at that moment after that, because once I was baptized, the enemy was like, you fair game. <laughs> <laughs> and it seemed like more and more um, opportunities to do wrong came into my life. And, and not knowing why my choices were supposed to be those right choices exactly. and not knowing the reason behind those, you know, like why I should choose right, you know. Mm-hmm. I chose wrong majority of the time, even though I was like for my, like you said, for my family showing forth that good girl attitude. I did everything in the dark and behind the scenes, but, (laughs) but yeah, I, of course I had those type of experiences and I really try to tell my, my kids like why, you know, why behind it? Like, I want to save you some of the heartache that I went through. Mm -hmm. So, but in the end, it's their choice. <laughs> it is. Do you think that if you had known why? Because I know for me, I'm a questioner. So when I was told things, because I remember being 17 and I wasn't baptized either, and everyone was like, Kiana, you got to be baptized because if not, you're going to go to hell. And the Bible says you have to be. And I was just like, but why? And I would, right. you know, ask why. And they would get mad at me. And I would always say, well, the thief on the cross, he wouldn't have baptized, but God was like, he's going to save him. I was like, so why do I have to get baptized? And then they would try to like force it on me. So finally, I had it in my mind. I was like, well, they're not going to make me do it sooner. I'll do it at 18. And I just arbitrarily picked a number because I just felt like I was in control. Like, this is when I'm going to do it. But no one explained any of the why and no one said anything. And there was a lot of things that I was told as a kid, but no one told me why. Like, you can't do this, you can't do that. And I would say why, and it's like, you just can't. So do you think if you knew the why behind the reasons you weren't supposed to do something, that it would make more sense. So maybe if it was like more, maybe if it was more practical to life, like, well, the reason you shouldn't do this because in the long run, this is what could happen. Do you think that would have had an influence? I think it would have made a huge difference, like to know the consequences behind Mm -hmm. the action in the natural and the spiritual Mm -hmm. would have made huge differences for me. Like, I think it would have. Um, Like, like that, knowing that once, you know, you make a decision for Christ that there is an enemy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So so it's just bigger than just my decisions in the natural. I think if I had known those things and I know everything happened for a reason, like, exactly. but, and that he turns all things around for my good. But I feel like if I wouldn't have put myself in certain situations, mm-hmm. like I would have honestly chose differently. <laughs> So many times, even though I would not have the life and, you know, my family that I have now, mm-hmm. if I chose differently, but I, I would have done it differently. So yeah, yeah, I think hindsight is always twenty twenty. You know, like I look back on some things that I did, and I was like, wow, if I had known then what I know now, it would have been a whole different story. Because it's just like we don't know these things, and sometimes, like I know for me, I wasn't prepared to really go out into the world, and mm-hmm. because I was just like sheltered to be honest like I wasn't allowed to do anything outside of whatever it was that they you know outside of the boundaries outside of the box and I kind of feel like maybe I didn't even go to public school like I was in church school from day one until 12th grade and then after that I went to college but you know of course you're in college now you get all this freedom and like so many opportunities and chances and I'm just like well maybe I'm not saying maybe you know I'm just saying maybe if I had been allowed to like go to a regular school, like a public school, or maybe, you know, do some things outside of just my church friends, 
because I think sometimes, like, I feel like in a way I was, it seemed like I was being like set up for good, but then I kind of mm-hmm. wasn't because I wasn't prepared. Like no one prepared me for the real world. I was prepared for my sheltered environment, <laughs> but not for like the real world. And so of course I did have to have like a learning curve and I ended up figuring, you know, I figure stuff out because I'm the kind of person I learn as I go. So if I make a mistake here, I'm like, oh, it's probably not a good idea to do this again. So, you know, I learned along the way. But do you think that, like, it would just have been better if we were not as sheltered as we were and was told more, given a little bit more freedom? And I'm not saying freedom to do, like, all kind of stuff, because as parents, you have to monitor what your kids do. But, like, just basic, like, little freedoms to make certain decisions on our own. What do you think? Oh, goodness. Uh... That's a rough one for me. Uh-huh. I feel like if you give them rope, they'll hang themselves. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, with more guidance, you know, that, you know, and a little bit, I, because just as a parent, I could see what my, what my family was trying to do. You know, yeah. they wanted to protect me. They mm-hmm. wanted me, you know, to, to limit my choices because, they didn't want me to make the wrong choices, but I, I can see that too. And that, you know, by doing that, when I did have to make choices on my own, that, like I said, I chose the wrong choices. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think I still feel that, you know, but you said you went to church school. I didn't have that experience. Okay. Yeah. So that was a whole different thing. Cause you did have a chance to go to a public school. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I went to a public school even though it was a small school mm-hmm. and everybody, it was extremely small community school. Right. And like it was, my high school was like 200 people. Oh, that's not bad at all. Exactly. It's small, but it's not it's bad, small. you know. Country small. So, but, um, and I think that, you know, with everybody knowing each other, mm-hmm. you know, it was still kind of that community feel, you know, yeah. like I can do things because I knew so-and-so mom going to tell my mom so. <laughs> and that's how it was back in the day though it's like you couldn't do anything because I remember I got in trouble at school I went to a church school so the same people I saw in school were the same people I saw in church and right. so I remember I got into a little fight in school because the girl hit me or whatever and I hit her back and then the next thing I know I go to church and everybody's talking to me like Kiana you should not they're like I know she hit you first you don't always have to respond I'm just looking like how y'all get involved in this? Because, you know, my mom and I, we were cool. We were good with it. Because she had this rule where if someone hits you first, you can hit them back. Don't start fighting. So, you know, just finish it. Right. But everybody else would tell me, like, Kiana, don't sink to other people's level. Don't do this. And I'm just like, well, how did this become a community effort? And so right. but that's just how it was. Like, I went away to a boarding school, and people from church were driving up to see me and give me money, my sisters and I. So, okay. you know, that's just how that worked out but you know it was more of a community effort back then they took it seriously it takes a village to raise a kid (laughs) they took that really seriously so based on what you're telling me like what was your perception of God like were you afraid of him like what was that absolutely (laughs) absolutely afraid like didn't really know him and his character or anything like that, but absolutely, I didn't. Of course, I didn't want to go to hell. That's no, a bad. Nobody wants to go there. Look, hell's fire. No, <laughs> nah. But just to to know him the way I know him now is like 
that's not what he wants to give you, you know, exactly. it's forgiveness and mercy and grace. Mm-hmm. And, and it took a lot of messing up to realize. I'm glad that you brought that up. I, I didn't have to do the work by myself. Mm-hmm. So, and that made all the difference. So since you brought it up, like what experience led you to figure that out? Cause I've been talking to a lot of people and a lot of people have like different things to help them figure it out. Like for me, I think the main thing to help me figure it out, because when I was younger, I was afraid of God as well. That's why I asked the question. I was like terrified of him because it just seemed like if I did this, I was going to go to hell. If I did that, I was going. If I did this, it's just like, well, if everything I'm doing is wrong and if everything I'm doing, I'm going to end up going to hell for. My whole thinking was, why try? I remember telling my mom one day, I was like, it will just be more fun for me to enjoy life and do all the stuff I ever wanted to do. Because if right. I'm going to go there anyway, let, at least let me have fun doing it. So that was my whole thing. But I think the thing that made me realize that was um, I was reading the Bible and I forgot what verse it was. I was just happened to be reading it on my own. And I read and I was reading about David and I was reading how he messed up so many times. And God was like, he's still the apple of his eye or whatever. And I was just like, well, if David could do all that and God still saved him, I was like, then apparently... It has to be something more. I didn't know exactly what it was. I was like, it can't be everything I'm learning. I'm like, it has to be something different because he's messing up and God is still saving him. So clearly it can't be like that. And then of course it took me years, you know, of like you said, experiences, trial and ever to figure out, oh, okay. So God wants our heart and it's a relationship and not all of the stuff to scare you. But it took me a while to figure that out. So what was it for you that made you come to that conclusion? Okay. I think I was, it was right after all my dreams had been shattered. (laughs) So, I I had plans. Like, I was going to go to school, get my degree, become a doctor. That was my plan. (laughs) So, midway through school, I I went to Tuskegee University. Midway through, I got pregnant with my daughter, Jada. Yeah. And it brought me home, like, if my family showed me anything, you're going to take good care of your child. Mm-hmm. So Jada became my priority. Mm-hmm. So uh, a couple of years down the line, it was me, Jada, and Jordan. Mm-hmm. And I think I was at my lowest point. Like my relationship, me and my husband, currently, we were boyfriend and girlfriend, mm-hmm. bad terms, just because of choices. Yeah. And it was I was at the lowest of my low. And that's when God sent somebody to knock on my door and remind me that he loves me. And it was, when I say it was such a bright moment in my life, just looking back on it, like he, at that time, he completed my family. Me and Ned got married because I did not want to continue to live like that. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I didn't want to, because I know, I was like, I know you know everything that I've been doing, like. The lifestyle that I've been living is so contrary to, to what I was taught. Right. And, and for you to care enough to send somebody to knock on my door, mm-hmm. like I'm living in the projects in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Like, like people just come knock on these doors. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm a country girl in the middle of nowhere. Like, and it's just like, like, I didn't even fit here. So I wouldn't go around and knock on no doors. Like, mm-hmm. But for somebody to come knock on my door and 
and to see that you know that gentleman and all he did he didn't even say a lot wow it was just that he came he he gave me the bible study like I said he didn't really say anything he just handed it to me I went and studied my bible like I'm I'm an excellent student so I went and studied did the lesson and gave it back and that's what he did he was just consistent right like I just needed somebody to be consistent so he and and the next time he handed me the Bible stuff, he's like, Charlene, can I pray for you? I was like, yes, sir. So he prayed for me. It was, and I look, it just was so simple, mm-hmm. but it meant so much. Cause I know I was I, where I was. I was like, I'm nowhere where I had planned to be, nowhere what I wanted. So, and this is where I ended up because of my choices. Right and forgot to care enough like to to like I said to send somebody when I needed it mm-hmm. and that made a huge difference even though like I said I still made some really bad choices <laughs> along <laughs> even after that God recently showed me that just like we grow up in the natural we grow up in the spiritual right like in the beginning it was more like you don't you don't really we don't really have the relationship yet Exactly. But I put people in your life that you can imitate. I learned the language. I learned how to walk. I was extremely strict about everything because that's what I rate. That's those are the people I came in behind. They taught me to be extremely. They were the extremely strictest. Right. <laughs> and I was. I am still extremely grateful. But and then as like like a baby learning to walk, you fall. Yeah. You just got to remember, like, God, he He found me at the lowest of my low and picked me up. So he is on this walk with me. Like, mm-hmm. even though I fell, get up. <laughs> and and yeah. then I found out that it took me a little less time each time to get up. Exactly. And I realized where, I like, I, right now, I think in my relationship, I'm a little bit of a rebellious teenager. Like, trying to find my identity. So I'm, you know. But I'm in, I'm 100% know that I am, am his daughter and and he has something specifically for me to do, Mm -hmm. even though I don't know what it is. I'm trying to figure it out right now, but he has something specific that my experiences in my life, like the things that, that I look back on is like, to me is like, oh my goodness, you went through this because recently this in September, I did, um, a 30 day devotional with some friends mm-hmm. and <clears throat> and it brought out a lot of hurt that I had pushed down and hid like mm-hmm. covered over but it brought it back up and it was like you have to address these things like it is there even though it's horrible it's there for a reason mm-hmm. and it's for somebody like you get to through it you heal from it and then you can help somebody else right. so um and then, like he said, like like he did in the beginning of my relationship with him, it was all of that. He's he's basically re- restoring me because, like this last fall, I was like, that's the last time. <laughs> like I didn't learn this lesson, and I don't need to learn it again. Lord, I know that your way is the way to go, and it's perfect. And your plan for me is perfect, even though I don't understand all of it, but this is the way you need to go and I need to walk in it. So I'm tired of falling down. So I'm going to keep whatever I need to keep in the word as much as I need to be in the word every day, all day, prayed up all day, (laughs) like moment to moment, 
like, and stop putting myself in situations where I can make a choice that would not glorify my father who loves me so very much. Yes. And that love, like, to realize how much he loves me, like, no matter what is going on around me, he still loves me so very much. And I got to continue to hold through that. Like, I, this, like, ooh, we, something happened, what, this week? Mm-hmm. And I was just, I don't know, I think I was just in my head about everything that was going on in my life. All my storms, like, it was just on my mind. And I was just, t- you know, telling everybody, like, this is what's going on with me. And he had to give me perspective, like, Charlene, like, Peter asked to walk out the boat. You asked me to walk on water. <laughs> you asked me, like, in order to level up like that, you got to go through the storm. <laughs> so, but in, in order to be able to do it, you got to look at me. No matter what is going on around you, continue to look at me. Yeah. So. No, that's amazing, though, because I know sometimes, like, we forget about the love part of it. You know, it seems sometimes that's the last thing we think about because it's always the rules. And it's like, you don't think about the love part of it until, like, you're in that moment where God's like, hey, I love you, you know? And I think it means, and the thing I love about God is, like, he lets us know at the moment when we need to know this. I mean, he's been telling us the whole time, but right. I guess we just not paying attention and we don't get it. But the fact that we get it at that moment when we need it the most is amazing. That's the thing that I love the most. And I think that um, everything you're saying, I just love it. Like, <laughs> I just love your story. I love everything you're saying because it's true. And especially the part where you're like, you feel like a rebellious teenager sometimes. But right. I, know, I know what you mean, though, because it's like, I get that. And I don't even know if it's like a rebellious teenager or is it maybe we're just learning more and we're right. just seeing that some of the things that we're like reading and finding out on our own may not always click with what we used to do, but we're just learning more because I know that I'm at a point now where I'm just like, okay, I feel like this whole time, you know, I've gotten close to God. And I feel to me like some of the things that I learned when I was a kid, I mean, it's not really applicable for what I'm dealing with now and I feel like instead of focusing for me so much on like all the do's and the don'ts or whatever of course I don't plan to do them but you know what I'm saying like that shouldn't be my main focus my focus should be like my relationship with God because I'm like there was a time when I was in church going to church I felt nothing like I'm saying on the praise team I'm getting nothing I'm just standing up there just saying it comes it's like okay, when is this going to be over? But then you're having to fake like you into it, but you're really not. And I wasn't getting anything from the sermon. It's like, I just wasn't, it wasn't resonating. It, it, it just wasn't doing anything. But then- I was going to say, for me, I think I went through years of confusion. Mm-hmm. Like when I had such clarity in my study with God in yeah. the beginning, I lost that, the clarity because I was trying to do what I thought was, I was supposed to be doing yeah instead of focus like you said on the relationship when he wants to teach us all things like give us the teachers who we need at that time exactly. but and but to try to do it myself to fake it <laughs> that's when that lies the problem when and and of course you have to fail yeah i see that as a lot of my failures have been me trying to do things myself and he and you then he takes you through a situation where you know you can't do anything mm-hmm. whatsoever 
to fix it. So that's when you have to depend. Like yeah. he's like, I never left. Mm-hmm. I've always been here. I'm just waiting on you to realize it. Exactly. <laughs> and then he picks you back up. <laughs> and I like that part so much. And you're right. Like you can't fake it till you make it, because that's just not gonna work. It does not work at all. It's like <laughs> you can fake it, but you're gonna fail. And then God's gonna come back up and like, okay, now this is how I really need you to do this. And I think that's just how it works. And you're right. Like so many times, the reason our relationship is not the thing we focus on because we're trying to do it by ourselves. And we think that in our own strength, we can save ourselves. We're on autopilot and we're just like, okay, I'm doing this, but we're really not. And that's when it breaks down in our relationship. And when that breaks down, then everything breaks down too. So no, I totally understand. And that's why I feel like the relationship with God is really is what is important. Like I understand about the scripture, I am the vine and you are the branches. Yeah. You know, you can't bear fruit unless you connect it. That is true. Yeah, you cannot. And and um I've been listening to a book called Abiding Christ. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, we come to Christ. Yes. We find out his love, but it's the abiding that keeps us. Yes, yes. When and you you was talking about the love, you know, if you love me keep my commandments Mm -hmm. I really did not understand that like like I thought I loved you you know Mm -hmm. and I thought I was doing what I needed to do to keep your commandments but like I said he was like you were doing it in your own strength yes of course you can do it and that's why Israel had to fail that's why you had to fail Mm -hmm. it is not in your strength it is something you cannot repair because you didn't break it exactly it is not something we can fix. No, definitely. We need a savior. <laughs> and without realizing that that need and the the magnitude of it and the magnitude of what he wants to do for us and continue to look at it like this is something, you know, it's impossible for you to do. And, but he is the God of impossible. I guess I want to end on this note. Um, what is something that you tell what advice would you give to someone who is just looking to find God? Basically to focus on the relationship. Get to know his true character. Get to know exactly who he is. And then once you figure out or well, begin to figure out who he is, let him tell you who you are. Mm-hmm. And I think that is awesome advice that someone can listen to and take because that is so true. I couldn't have said it better. I absolutely love this interview because Charlene talks about how she met God and found God at a time when she wasn't at her best. She wasn't doing what she felt like she should have been doing. And she actually felt that maybe God didn't love her because of what she was doing. When she was at her lowest point, she found God. And I love it because it lets us know that no matter where we are, God will always find us. God's love for us is just that amazing. That that moment when you feel like you can't hold on, that moment when you feel like all hope is lost and that nothing is working out, God will make himself known to you. Whether someone knocks on your door like they did with Charlene, or if you read a script in the Bible, or even if you hear a song on the radio, which has happened to me so many times, God will let you know, hey, I'm here, I'm here. And he'll let you know how much he loves you by the smallest things. Sometimes he'll do big things to let you know how much he loves you. And sometimes it's those small things that he'll do. And you know, okay, that is God trying to reach out to me. That is God trying to talk to me. 
So I want you to know that no matter where you are, no matter what you're going through, God loves you and he will find you. And the thing about it, it reminds me of the story um, of the lost sheep. How there were 99 sheep and the shepherd went out to find that one that was lost. God's going to come and he's going to find us. So if you're looking for God, be assured that he's already found you. And don't give up. And know that his love is there for you because he loves you unconditionally. And he will find you no matter where you are. So if you feel like you and God aren't on the best of terms right now, do me a favor. Just take a minute to talk to him. Tell him that you feel like you're not on the best of terms. Tell him why. Talk to him like you would talk to your friend. And just watch how God will show his love to you. Now, the song we're going to listen to today is by an amazing artist. His name is Josh Schneider. He's been an artist of the week for the podcast before. But he has this song called Feel It that I just love. Like, I've been listening to that song almost all week. Because it lets you know that God is here and he loves us and that you can feel his love. So here is the song, Feel It, by Josh Snyder.
podcast, I would like to thank you guys so much for spending time with me each week. I am truly enjoying going on this journey with you week after week after week to find out how people find God. So thank you so much for joining me each Friday. I would also like to thank Charlene for being a guest on Finding God. I really love your vulnerability and I appreciate you letting me share your story. Josh, I want to say thank you to you for letting me use your song, Feel It. And if you guys have not followed him on Spotify, the link is in the show notes. All you have to do is click on the Spotify link and you can go follow Josh on Spotify and listen to more of his amazing music. If you would like to connect with Charlene, Josh, or myself, all of our information can be found in the show notes. So all you have to do is click on the links and you can definitely connect with us on social media. If you guys have enjoyed the program as much as I have, I ask that you would please like the podcast, share the podcast, and follow the podcast so that you can be up to date with all things Finding God. Now, if you have an amazing testimony or story of how you found God that you would love to share, just let me know by going to our Facebook page, send me a message, and let me know that you're interested in being a guest on the show, and I will definitely get in contact with you and schedule for you to be on the show. If you have any music that you would like to share, contact me on the Finding God Facebook page, send me a message, and let me know that you have music that you'd like to share, and I will definitely tell you what you need to do to submit your music to the show. All right, well, I think that is everything. So until we meet again next Friday, have an amazing day, and I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.